Yankees win. The Yankees win. Yes, they do. Welcome back to Dong City, July 27th. Our 25th show, 25. I can't believe we have 25 shows already, guys. But this is our 25th show. We are excited. Lots and lots of stuff coming in. This is our first show. Our first show after a weekend of baseball, which I can't believe is happening on July 27th. Rob Martinez in the background as producer. Vince Merck and Daddy, our host. How are you guys doing today? Doing great now. We have baseball. Was that uh was that a Sterling call from the third game of the season? That was a John Sterling call. Perfect. Yeah, he's in mid-season form already, so good for him. Yeah, he was uh, already pissing me off, so. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, nice to have you back there. He'll be with us giving us uh some updates more on that later. We are here, as Henry said, special 25th episode. It is our first out of 25, so we are batting very low average as far as having live action, and it only took six months. But here we are, Henry. We've got an uh, entirely different format going forward now that we have sports and games and baseball. But, of course, we have to start with an old friend, and that is COVID. So <laughs> let's get right into that, get that out of the way. Earlier today, we found out that the Miami Marlins uh, had basically, as I understand, about four players, including what was supposed to be their starting pitcher, uh, Urena, yesterday, test positive for COVID. They decided to play anyway. And uh, it was against the Philadelphia Phillies. They played the entire game. And now we found out that they have probably up to 14 players and staff who have tested positive for COVID. So welcome to 2020, guys. We have our first COVID outbreak in MLB, and it's the Miami Marlins. Raise your hand if you could have guessed that. And, uh, and here we are, my, my hand is up for Florida. It's always Florida. Blame Florida. We are, yeah. I Now, uh, again, I will be the Florida apologist. We don't know where they got it. It could have been Atlanta. It could have been Philadelphia. It could have been Miami. We have no idea. But what we do know is that Miami as an organization definitely dropped the ball somewhere yeah. um, because I, they I broke agree. protocol. Yeah, I agree. But I will always say Vince will always defend Florida. You guys that know Vince knows that he will defend Florida like he defends his Giants, and he is poor at doing both. I am a master of accuracy, and that's what you get from me, regardless of situation. Said that once, I'll say it as many times as I have to. But what we have here is MLB having to go into their protocols. Um, that's, and that's all this is. <laughs> and I don't know why it's being made into the apocalypse, but... I think the number is jarring. I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty large number for the first real big spike. And I think when you have fans as excited as we did this weekend, and then boom, Monday morning, we're hit with 12 positive results. You know, it's, 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 an, it's an alarming. It's alarming. It's a big number. I think, it, yeah, it's a when it rains, it pours situation. Um, we, will, we go from four to 14 overnight. So I see the scare factor there. Um, it, you know, you make one misstep with this sort of thing, and this can happen. That part's scary. What's not scary and what I understand, and baseball life's been going crazy with this all day, is yeah. – are the people who didn't see this coming like come on guys we when we when this was negotiated we added 20 players to every team's roster that wasn't because it was a 60 game season most guys can play 60 games even with less off days that was because we expected anticipated planned for and bargained for people to test positive throughout oh, that the last season. part again bargained it was agreed yeah. upon so you've got people saying that the players don't deserve this. You've got people saying that the owners didn't expect this. You've got people saying all sorts of things about this. And the fact of the matter is 
players accepted it. They agreed to it. If you remember way back, Henry and I made fun of Blake Snell because he put a price on his on his life, essentially, mm-hmm. when he made his comments. Well, now you're seeing that come to pasture. Players agreed at a certain price they were going to play this season. Absolutely. And you can opt out at any time with no penalty if you, if you have symptoms or uh, – you know, or if you are preconditions, you can opt out any time. You can or if play without. Fri- or even if they're frightened, they can opt out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally ball in their court. We saw, I think, one guy, and I don't remember who it was, who opted out today in response to the Marlins. That's fine. That that is what is expected. But to have this happen to the Miami Marlins, who, yeah, just by proxy of location, you could have picked out of a hat. It was going to be the Marlins or the Diamondbacks or someone like that. Yeah and then be shocked and think the season was going to be canceled today? Like, what What drama class is this? Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's the temperament of baseball. We haven't had it, and then we have it all weekend, a crazy weekend of action at that. And then, like I said, we, we had 12, and I, I think it has to do more with the number. I think if it was two or three, it wouldn't be crazy. But the fact that it was 12 and their game was canceled and the Yankees and Phillies was canceled, you know, postponed, I, I think all of those things just snowball effect into, you know, the world is ending kind of uh, behavior. Probably. I mean, look, we're in the same role, Henry, we've been in since February. We had to hold everyone's hands through the negotiations, tell them that this was all negotiations. Uh, owners wanted the season. We still have to explain that owners want the season and they need the season to end or else they don't get their big payday because that's coming in the playoffs. I and mean, one, one thing they, they've gotten from us has always been honesty and, and just we're blunt with people and it, it always came down to money. It always came down to negotiation. Yeah. It always came down to who looks good now because that is going to, you know, uh, hold water when they t- start talking about the CBA. There's billions of reasons this is going to keep going. Absolutely. If you don't think it's going to take a death or rampant, I mean, rampant outbreak, I'm talking more than half of Major League Baseball being in the Marlins position right now for this season to end. You are, you're being naive. That's, that's what this is. Yeah. It's, it's a risk. It's a, it's a calculated risk by every single person involved. But everyone involved can, can go through this voluntarily. No one's being forced to do it. Yeah, so, there, there is a, com- a question in the comment section that I'd like to address. It's probably a good time. Ryan Michaels asked, why didn't MLB stage a bubble in a non-hot location? So if you recall, that was part of the negotiations. They were talking about staging things in, site, in neutral sites that had low numbers. Those neutral sites were Arizona and Florida, which are two big yeah. giant hotbeds right now. So even if we did a bubble and in a site that wasn't um, having high cases, right now they have a ton of egg on their face and then everyone would be asking, why didn't they have a backup plan? I think the main problem, Ryan, is that uh, if you don't do Arizona and Florida, both of which happen to be two of the four states that have the biggest, <laughs> that are the biggest hotbeds right now, there really isn't another spot in this country that you can have those sorts of facilities and bubble geographical locations in my mind. That's where spring training is. You can't do it in the spring training sites. There just isn't, there aren't enough sections of the country where you can quarantine people to play baseball. Basketball can do it. They happen to have wide world of sports. Wide world of sports has baseball fields, but they don't have that many baseball fields. Uh, Major league soccer can do it because they're major league soccer. It's a very small operation going on. And, um, you know, hockey has the blessing of having several teams in Canada and Canada is full of hockey rinks, so they can do the quarantine. I think hockey's in the best shape just by proxy of not being in this country. 
But if you think basketball is like idiot proofed, I mean, just look at what happened over with them with Lou Williams <laughs> breaking quarantine, and and now who knows what he's going to do? So I mean, he had to get bubble, he had to he had to get them wings at Magic City, yeah, man. That's all about the and wings. Strippers, uh, they'll ruin any protocol. Oh, it so. had nothing to do with the strippers, Vince. This is all <laughs> about just the wings. The food. You're right. My mistake. Anyone who's been to a gentleman's club will tell you that they have some of the best wings. So I've heard. Yeah. Um, so even in a quarantine, you run the risk of human error. Uh, you know, there's no surprises there and football, it might be in the worst shape of all because they, they don't seem to even want to negotiate this sort of stuff. We saw baseball drag their feet on it, but they got it together. Football training camp starting right now. And we're not any bit further, but we'll keep it to baseball. As of right now, Phillies Yankees canceled today. Um, I fully expect Henry. I don't know if you feel differently. I think they'll resume tomorrow. I think uh, so too. Um, yeah, to get those results in. Uh, right, it's pending the Phillies not having an outbreak similar to the Marlins, which I don't personally anticipate. They fumigated the visitor locker room. The Yankees aren't staying in the same hotel that the Marlins did, so I expect them to resume. As far as Marlins Orioles, wouldn't shock me if this whole series got canceled or they played in Baltimore, but. If they play in Baltimore, man, the Orioles might start five and one. If you're playing the the Marlins backup team, well, I mean, the Orioles had a good weekend to begin with. Yeah, it, well, hey, they played someone else's backup team, the 2020 Red Sox or the 2019 Red Sox backup team. So they uh, they're off to a nice fortunate start. But I don't. This isn't something to freak out about. I've been I've been I've been on that all day. First place Marlins and the first place Orioles. Yeah, if, that doesn't, if, if that doesn't say overreaction Monday to begin the season, I don't know what does. Yeah, you can't draw too many conclusions. Um, I, we saw a little bit of it. And look, it's that's that's fan that's fans those are fans to a T. I was so angry Saturday when the Yankees got killed, even though A, I predicted they would get killed in one of the games this weekend. And B, it was the second game of the season and they won the first one. <laughs> and now C, they're two and one, which is all you can expect against the Nationals. Everything's fine. But that's I mean, part of being a fan. A knee-jerk reaction, overreaction is what we do. Yeah. Now, if you're drawing conclusions on the season, that's probably a different conversation. But sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. So all that said, that, that was some of the old Dong City you've grown accustomed to, is having to discuss COVID, having to discuss outbreaks, having to talk people off the ledge. Uh, now we'll talk about New Dong City, and that is we have a new format going forward because we have baseball. Finally, we can talk about baseball, real live baseball, and that means a few things. One is that baseball currently at this very moment is taking place. So we have games underway. Um, it fits into our 7 p.m. time slot. So what we have, Rob, is into a uh, additional role now. He's going to be giving us game updates Every 10 minutes or so, we would say we're going to check in, see what's going on. Rob, if there's anything really major going on, obviously, feel free to let us know. It's 7 p.m. Yeah, I don't expect, you know, no hitters to be completed, but maybe we get a 4 p.m. Monday game every so often. Yeah, sure, no problem. We'll keep you updated. Yeah, this is your big spot. We have a few games going off uh, right now, but also as part of these updates – we're going to bring you, we're going to talk about last week's games. Henry and I have the rest of this show to do that. And we're also going to be talking about games going forward and things like that. We've got a few new segments for you that we're going to keep in rotation going forward that you can look forward to every week. And of course, we always want your interaction here in the comment section, uh, telling us what your thoughts are as we go on here. And so they're doing a very good job at that today, boy. They started early in the comment section. I love it. 
Like coming I said, overreaction Monday, baby. Overreaction Monday. I love it. Yup, coming out firing. We've got a, a large viewership right now, too, judging by the Facebook stats. So I like that. Um, we even got Rob Manfred in the fight in the comment section. I like that. Anytime <laughs> you can crash on Manfred, I'm a huge fan of that. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, keep doing that, dongers. We, <laughs> the dong squad. That's what I'm calling the fans. Yeah, no, we um, got to find a better name than that. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, why don't you start us off here, get us into the swing of things, give us a our first game update uh, segment here on Dong City. Let us know what's going on around the league. Sure, not a problem. Um, right now in the top of the ninth, so we got the San Diego, San Diego Padres up on the uh, Diamondbacks 6-2. Uh, right now, in the Blue Jays and the Nationals, Blue Jays are up 2 nothing. That's in the top of the fourth. Uh, Mid-second right now, Atlanta Braves is up on the on Tempe Rays 1-0. Um, Brewers and Pirates still scoreless. Tigers and Royals still scoreless, top of the first. And um, Astros and Mariners are still are just on their way right now, still, um, still scoreless right now. How are the Astros still playing the Mariners? I feel like they play them like 50 times a year. Seriously. Yeah, it's like I think they have a four-game series, and it's like okay. right, and Mariners showed up already So on one game. So, you know, yeah. they might even have the series. You never know. <laughs> Four right off the top. Thank you, Rob, for that. Um, my takeaway. Leon, Leon just updated us. Three nothing Blue Jays. Yup, I see that man. They're gonna be a pain in the ass. I think you mentioned <laughs> it, Henry. They're, they're a pain in the ass. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, yeah, they start hot, but eventually, the not having a home thing has to become an issue for them. Yeah, and not having you know a, a full pitching staff. I, I don't love their rotation or their bullpen. I think there's good pieces in both. I'm sticking to my prediction that Baltimore finishes ahead of them. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, First place I, Orioles. I where's, no, about, where's Noah when I need him? Where's Noah? I feel good about you losing that bet, but I didn't pick the Blue Jays for the playoffs, and I stick by that. Uh, they are up 3-0, though, so good for them. Padres, another little young scrappy team to look at there uh, that I may take them a little more seriously, but we'll see. So, I got one more score there. Uh, there's one more score there. I forgot. Um, the Oakland A's uh, defeated the Angels earlier, three nothing. Oh, final there, yeah. So I had Griff Canning in fantasy, and uh, he did okay. Suck. Huh? So the Angels continue to suck. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it. Look, you know, sorry, Leon, but the Dong City uh, original cast here is going to be right about the Angels. They look terrible. Yeah. No surprises. Uh, speaking of looking terrible, let's get into some of these past week games. <laughs> it's, uh, again, first weekend of the series. We're not going to put our credibility on the line here and draw too many conclusions. But I think it's noteworthy to point out, Henry, that the Dodgers are 2-2. Two and two. They struggled with their arch-rival Giants, which I don't know if that says more about the Giants or the Dodgers, but I'm probably going to error with the Giants. Yeah, it goes back to what, you know, Sean, when Sean was on, it's something he and I both spoke about, which is them starting a little slow um, the last three seasons. And maybe this is that. Again, it's still early, so who knows? But, you know, it's definitely notable. Yep. You mentioned Marlins 2-1. and one. They won their first series. Orioles did the same. Cubs played the Brewers. Nice test for them early. They survived, mm -hmm. winning two out of three. Uh, hey, look, I, I'm going from fan – we don't have a fantasy show right now, but I'll bring you up my fantasy, guys. I've got – I took Hap. He's got two homers already, so he's looking good out of that nine hole. Uh, you need to touch on Kyle Hendricks, man. That performance he had you, was, was something else. If he, you like pitchers' duels, not even. If you like pitching performances, go watch Hendricks' first start. Uh, dude, that was a Maddox-like performance. It was funny because in our private chat, Rob said something, and I was like, eh, nah, 
there's no starting pitcher that's going to go 100 pitches. And then Hendricks just says, yeah, well, here's my dong. Here's a complete game shutout <laughs> and just went out there and just pitched his ass off, man. You know, he got stretched a little bit. Uh, I don't know if the plan was necessarily for him to go 100 pitches right off the bat. But, hey, when you've got something like that performance going, those were not stressful pitches he was throwing. Oh, yeah. So, he, was, he, he owned the Brewers in that game, man. He had, gave up three hits, and then one of them was a cheap hit. It, 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 no, he, he just he – he did his thing, man. He's that quiet ace that no one talks about. Yeah, that was a nice performance. Um what else do we have going on here? So, yeah, I mean, you know, not too much to draw about the standings. Uh, I would say that my observations, besides Hendricks looking really good, I don't know, you know, he's a good pitcher. I don't know how long that's going to last. Cardinals, of course, won two out of three, probably much to the chagrin of Cardinals fan or of Cubs fans. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that there's too much to draw conclusions of. As far as the Yankees go, Paxton looked terrible. His velocity is not there. I don't – I think that's something that's going to probably carry over into his next start. I'm not really worried about an injury or anything season length. I, if I recall, Henry, and I've been trying to figure this out all weekend, when Paxson came off the IL last year, mm-hmm. I think he had the same problem where it took him about four starts to get that fastball back. It, it did, but I'm a little more concerned here because apparently he hadn't gotten his, his speed back since February. And that is concerning. I, I can't remember hearing anything or seeing anything about that in all the early spring training reports. But if this dude hasn't had velocity since February, something is wrong. And we don't have a good track record with uh, pinpointing things pretty early. So this is a little concerning. We don't. I'm a little thrilled with the Yankee medical staff for the first time in like four years, only because everyone's healthy at this exact moment and they've survived three games. But that's how low my floor is for the Yankees medical staff. So we'll see on Paxson. He could be the first. Um, Red Red Sox look terrible. I I think that needs to be said from a pitching standpoint. They looked god-awful as bad. It's a nightmare scenario if you're a Red Sox fan. They did. They did. Uh, I'm laughing at Eddie's comments. We already have... uh... Otani apologist in the comment section. <laughs> we haven't even we haven't even made fun of Otani yet. I mean, it's coming. Don't get me wrong. We're gonna make fun of Otani, but we haven't even gotten to it, and he's already being defended. Jeez, it's uh, yeah. Well, so much for the modern day Babe Ruth. Anyone could put six guys on and come out of a game. That's not hard to do at all. Yeah. So, Alan, no, I don't. Well, I don't dislike the Mets. I'm a Yankee fan. I mean, I'm wearing a Yankee hat for God's sakes. Come on. Um, so yeah, I, you know, that's, those are probably the main things I'd touch on. Rays winning two out of three by the skin of their teeth against the Blue Jays and, uh, Indians. Hey, really good pitching. Uh, that offense is going to be night, night and day sometimes, but, uh, but the, the pitching's there, the twins just dung the shit out of the White Sox all weekend. That was fun. If you like hitting, <laughs> that was the opposite of Hendricks. That's you like hitting, you watch those two teams go at it. Yeah, they put up a shitload of runs this weekend. And it was fun watching Matt get pissed off so early in the season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the you're kidding yourself if you think that the White Sox are, have the pitching to, to go super deep. They can make the playoffs. A lot of teams will. But they, they're 2021. I've got them marked on my calendar. Um, and the reason for that is that they need guys like Kopech to come back. They need a few of those guys to really kind of come into themselves and they probably need another starter in the off season. It also takes time to gel. You have, they have a lot of young guys on that team. That yeah. takes time. Yeah, for sure. So 
I, I did meant to give a shout out to Shane B because he also had a uh, kick ass performance this weekend. Trevor Bauer too. I think he struck out like fourteen. Yep. Yeah. Those, those are the big pitching performances. Let's get into uh, let's get into our plays of the week. We good with that? Absolutely. Let's, Rob, this is you again. Uh, so this segment we'll do this every week. Henry and I basically pick our five favorite plays and moments. Um, or we each pick two. Rob picks the last one. Rob, you're going to show us all of these moments. We're going to start, Henry, with your first moment. Why don't you take us through this as soon as we can see it? My favorite play this weekend, all the pitching performances of everything I saw was Francisco Lindor going so deep into the hole and showing off his absolute cannon of an arm. Rob is going to show us any second now. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, Clevy pitching, by the way. Yeah. Look how deep in it. Look at that throw. Come on, hey, man. Wow. That, that kid is just filthy. I can't wait. I cannot wait till he dons pinstripes and he is in the Bronx and he is running shit in the Bronx and in New York. I can't wait for Frankie to be a Yankee, baby. But that was one hell of a play from his range to his arm to everything. Frankie was the man this weekend. Sorry about the yep. sound. I, I forgot to put, unmute myself, but yeah, there was, I forgot to unmute. So okay. the next one, I, I, I won't make that mistake. No worries. You know what blows my mind about that play? You I remember, mean, uh, you know, a lot does, but you remember 25 years ago, Jeter comes into the league. You're like just starting to see that jump throw. And yep. that was not nearly that deep. He was in the outfield. Yeah, he was um, deep. Jeter's at, at the back of the hole and he'll usually bounce throw it. That's what she said. First. <laughs> probably a lot uh now Lindor modern day as these guys are stronger and and whatever he's in the outfield and he's hitting the first baseman on the fly on that throw that's without jumping see at least with Jeter Jeter had a strong arm and Jeter the the throw put some extra oomph into it Lindor just pivots and, and tosses man that dude is a savage the toss. Yeah, it, it reminds me of Machado going into foul territory and just, like, slinging it across the diamond. Uh, we had our second moment here, Rob. Why don't you cue that up? It's, uh, it's I guess, not really, really a moment as much as a game. Um, and that was – look, you can say what you want about Jacob DeGrom, back-to-back Cy Youngs. He, uh, he brought it <laughs> opening day. Uh, last happy memory the Mets had all weekend. But Jake DeGrom comes in. He strikes out eight. I think he, yeah, he went five shutout innings, was pulled at whatever his pitch count was. But there's the, there's the picture of him. Um, Jake DeGrom comes in and does everything you expect Jake DeGrom to do, which was totally dominate. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. And DeGrom begins the season with an overpower. Dominate Acuna. I think he struck him out like three times, but dominate that entire staff or that entire lineup. Vince, Vince, we, we remember, we, brother, we're working on those Spanish accents. Acuna. Acuna. Have the accent over yeah. the end. Acuna. Hey, he, make con- oh, he makes contact against DeGrom. I'll start pronouncing his name right. Until then. But not, not to be left out is, is Soroka. Yes. And the other half of this, it's a one nothing final, by the way. I made a post about this. The only run in the entire game is, is something we'll get to later, but uh, it's by a DH. But Soroka comes in and, and throws his own great performance. I think it was six innings of uh, one run ball. Six innings, and four hits, no earned runs, no. No earned runs. So, yeah, oh, that's right. Braves bullpen came in and five seconds later gave up the tie. Uh, Braves lose that game one nothing. They win the rest of the series. I think they outscored the Mets roughly like 372 to four. <laughs> and uh, and they take two out of three. But the ground was unbelievable. I would like to say something about that, that first game. 
Um, as um, some people may know, I like to talk about the Mets a lot. Um, negatively. Yes, yes, but, you um, do. Um, so there was a few people that I knew that hated the whole Universal DH um, move, especially for the National League, because they really yep. wanted pitchers to hit. Yep. The only run that was uh, produced on that opening day was by a DH, and it was Cespedes. Yep, sure was. And we'll we'll have more on that later. Let's get to our third highlight. Henry, we're going to you. Some theatrics here. I love it. I love Rob stepping on you. It's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) My next one is uh, my crush, Matt and Matt in Oakland, and Matt Olson with what I think was an absolute beautiful way to start the season for any team, a walk-off grand slam in extra innings. Rob, you have the video up? Rob's oh. sweating. I, I can Rob's tell. You, you can hear his sweat. Maybe not finishing it the way, so I, I, I don't Here see we go. Oh, that's, yep. uh, that's a double dose of joy for me. Big yep. uh, <laughs> pitch here, 3-1. That's not the that's not the uh, that's not the video, but it's okay. Yeah, sorry about that. That made us happy too. Don't worry about that. That's all right. Yeah. But basically, that, I, Matt I Olson comes face. up. Matt Olson comes up in the tenth inning, bases juice, walk off, and then the worst call for a walk off grand slam I've ever heard. If there was a call that just said COVID nineteen all over it, it was that call. Um, <laughs> it was horrible. It sucked. But the Grand Slam is what was important, and Matt Olson absolutely destroyed that ball. And the A's, if I'm not mistaken, win two out of three, right? Yes, I have. I had the clip down. Sorry about that. Yes, That's please right. do, because I, I, I want that boring-ass call to be played. Yeah, play it, play it with audio. Yep. Okay. Runs has Marcus Simeon at second base with a winning run. Simeon at second. Loreano, the hitter. Let's see. Is that it? Is that it? Oh, now it's going to be Olsen. Oh. Yeah, watch, watch the clip and then play it for us. Yeah, we're, we're looking for a new producer, guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, this is, like, horrible. No, like, it's okay. We're, again, it's our first uh, first show with some, uh, you know, we're trying to give you guys something different. So just, we got to work through it. No biggie. But, yeah, that Matt Olsen walk-off Grand Slam was just phenomenal to me. Bushnell pointing out that uh, Oakland win today. By the way, that's final three nothing uh, earlier. They are now four or three and one. So three and one. Yeah, there you there go. Going. The Rob, let's go to the next clip. Remember, in the eight, I told them Loriano, who has driven in two of the A's three runs, has Marcus Simeon at second base with the winning yeah. run. Simeon at second. Nope. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll give you credit for going through the entire game. This game is over. How far is it going to go? It will clear the seats. Oh, it's boy. a grand slam. Oh, what boy. a way to walk off opening night for Matt Olson. Didn't waste a moment. First pitch. And see you later. There's your this social distancing. Great job, yeah. Ace. Really, really abiding there. I mean, I will say, it, we've, you know, for grand slams, especially a walk-off, it would have been much, uh, a much bigger celebration. But for the most sure. part, they've been doing the elbow bumps. Uh, they've been doing the elbow bumps um, all weekend. So it's uh, horseshoes and hand grenades, and you know yeah. they. You, know, you, you can't you tell break these the guys. protocol. You break the protocol. It doesn't matter if you did it a little less bad. Yeah. You can't tell these dudes, man. These guys have been jumping all over each other and celebrating, high fiving since you know college and little league, and it's just hard to just say don't. Yeah. Do it. 
So For Vince, sure. What's your next moment, Vince? So similar thing i'm going to florida over here we got tampa look i'm rooting for the jays in this game this is the finale of the series this took place yesterday um we we get to experience with these extra inning games this runner on second business with nobody out and i think that um i think the blue jays actually scored a run in the top of the 10th using that method bottom of the 10th raise down a run uh and then the rest we see as soon as rob could pull that clip up Coming up, coming up, coming up. Ah, what I'll say is that, um, yeah, here it is. So 5-4, you got two on here. They had the runner inherited on second. I think there was a walk or something along those lines. Kevin Kiermeyer up. Side back into the corner. Here comes Smith to tie it. Just as loud as it is any other year. <laughs> here's your relay not in time tries to swipe tag doesn't get it done Rays win in very Rays fashion wasn't a home run but it was a double down the line and good base running from first uh tampa stole that game i thought toronto outplayed them all game and uh it didn't matter tampa comes away with the win that's what good teams do saw a similar thing with the yankee nat yankees nats that last game and here we are so tampa ends up taking two out of three jays gave him hell but uh, that's my other highlight. And I think, Henry, if I'm not mistaken, those were the only two walk-offs. Those were uh, – yeah, they were the only two walk-offs. But more importantly, you briefly mentioned, you know, you joked about the pipe, the, the noise being piped in the Tampa Bay. Like you said, that's probably the norm for them. But I noticed it a lot. I mean, I was just watching different games all weekend. And uh, some places just overdid it. I don't know. Can the play? You think the can the players hear the noise being piped in, or is it just a, an audio thing for the television screens? No, I, I think the players hear it. I'm it, pretty it, sure. I, it was horrible, man. Some of these places were just overdoing it. I didn't I know, like I, it. Corey blowing us up all weekend. He's watching the Padres game, and they, I guess, were like on like planet volume 11 to quote this is spinal tap uh they they were really overdoing it over in san diego you know these these teams that don't usually have a lot of fans really should just keep it you know same way yeah. volume six well i'm, I'm uh, i've been since the beginning interested to see how the game sounds you know let, let me hear it you know it, everything is different this year give me the full experience of covid19 baseball yeah. I want to hear the gloves pop a little louder. I want to hear players talking shit to one another. I want to hear the bat on the ball. I want to hear I want to hit hear a home run land in the stands and bounce 20 sections, which we saw earlier with Stanton. I want to see all of that. I want to hear it all. Don't give me artificial noise. That just pisses me off. I actually really like home runs without fans because I get to see specifically where the ball lands. Sometimes it gets mixed up in the crowd and you don't actually know how far it would have gone or whatever the case some may be. Now we get an accurate representation. And some of them don't land. Yeah, yeah, more, more on that. Actually, so, yeah, Rob, we've got our final moment here. Are you ready to go with that? Yes, um, I can't really find a clip, but I can give you a few words of uh, one of my favorite moments of uh start of the season. Sure. Was the solidarity of um, MLB um, supporting Black Lives Matter. That was an awesome, awesome display um, that was um, presented first at um, the Yankees National Nationals game. Uh, everybody kneeled, um, did a, uh, took a knee before the anthem, out of respect. Um, and um, it's just, it was just a great moment for baseball that they did it right. They they absolutely did it right, um, um, representing the the movement. And that was, yeah, that was my favorite moment um, um, this past weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
you know, adding on to that, that that's well said, Rob. Look, I'll I'll give my perspective here. I watched. Um, I didn't see it live because we were on Dong City for Yankees Nationals, but I did watch uh, the highlights of that, and then I saw what the Dodgers did over in LA with the night game there. I thought MLB nailed it. They they got it a hundred percent accurate uh, as far as how this should have been done tastefully. It wasn't during an anthem. It wasn't controversial. There wasn't you know they gave a little they had a little video of the players expressing how they feel. I've got no problem with that. I like getting to know players more personally as far as their thoughts on things. Uh, that's why Twitter was invented and is so successful. And then you get to you know the symbolic rope and whatnot. The thing that struck me that I liked was some teams, not all teams did it as a team. They made a decision whether they were going to kneel, whether they were going to stand, and they did it as a team. They did it before the anthem. They did it in a very tasteful way. And you could see the raw emotion sometimes. The Dodgers were a great example. You've got Bellinger, and I, I can't remember who was on the other side of Mookie Betts, but they've got their hands on his shoulders. Uh, yeah, he's like kneeling. They're not. That was emotional. That's what you ask for in sports. You can put the politics aside um, they, you know, we don't need, I don't feel the need as a white male to have all lives matter moments. Uh, I know my life matters, even if we're celebrating the fact that black lives matter as well. And when you're baseball and you have Mookie Betts and guys like that in a very small minority of players, we're losing black players as the years go on. I think it's important. And if you disagree with that, that's fine. You know, it, it's fine to disagree. But MLB got it right. This didn't offend. This shouldn't have offended anyone. It shouldn't have insulted anyone. And this is what baseball is all about. I am hosting a show right now with a Puerto Rican from the Bronx. <laughs> I am an Italian American living in Florida. Our producer also half, half Panamanian, half Puerto Rican. Yeah, no. no one knows what he is, but he's some sort of Hispanic in in New York. Uh, uh, I want to clarify that I'm 100% Panamanian. Okay, we've got a half Puerto Rican, damn it. Mariano Rivera's little cousin is our producer. Um, and, you know, last week we had a an African-American guest on, you know, who's a Nationals fan. We, we This is what baseball is. If it's going to be the World Series, it should represent the world. And that's what baseball did, and I've got no problem with it. If you had a problem with it, I don't really understand where you're coming from. It seems like an insecurity type thing. And, that, and that's it. So, that you know, that's all I had to say on it. Henry, I know that you, you had a different opinion. So I, I, I do and I don't. Um, I think MLB got it right, finally. It, it took them yeah, so many tries fair. on something, but MLB got it right, whether it was the teams on their own. Whatever it was, MLB got it right. They got it right on opening day with the Yankees and the Nationals. They got it right with Dr. Fauci throwing out the first pitch, no matter how hard it was. And it was horrid, absolutely horrid. But they got it right. They got the right person. He's a Nationals fan. They're in D.C. It was a perfect setup. All the Yankees and Nationals players and coaches, I believe, knelt. They all had the black ribbon. Beautiful moment. Like you said, Muncie, Bellinger, Mookie Betts. Beautiful moments all over. My problem specifically is with the Yankees. My problem with the Yankees, now I'm a big Yankees fan. I love the Yankees. Um, what they do is tremendous. Where they're, they're very philanthropic. They do the, um, the Hope Week. They do so many wonderful things. But this is where the Yankees dropped the ball. Earlier in the season, I got pissed off because they cut a shitload of minor leaguers. You remember that? And they didn't pay them. Yeah. That hurt me. We took the Yankees to task for that. 
where I'm taking the Yankees to task here is simple. You do that, you get it right with the Nationals, and then you turn around and you announce that Donald Trump is throwing out the first pitch when you play Boston. That's extremely tone deaf and insensitive and stupid. Now, I'm not to say, hey, let's be real. These big corporations who are worth billions of dollars, nine out of 10 of them lean right and that's fine. But my problem is you can't have it both ways if you're the Yankees. You can't turn around and say, we sympathize with the Black Lives Matter movement. We sympathize with African-American players and fans and then turn around and invite Donald Trump to throw out the first pitch. That's just fucking stupid and tone deaf because whether you're right or left, no matter what you lean politically, no one can honestly say that Donald Trump isn't the biggest divider that we have right now. And to turn around and invite him to throw the first pitch was extremely, extremely tone deaf. Shame on you, Yankees. Yeah, and as being updated, it's worthy to point out it's no longer happening. He rescinded his invitation. And that, yeah. I think, is worth mentioning from Trump's standpoint, whether genuine or not. Uh, it really didn't make sense for him to do this in the first place. Um, yeah, exactly. Especially when you've got Cuomo, who's done so much more specifically to New York City, who should be throwing out the first pitch for the Yankees New, in particular. New York State, not just the city, but the state. Yeah, yeah. right. But, you but know, the I, epicenter I, of that I, was I, the city. Yeah, Cuomo was, was the perfect person to throw out. If you were going to have a political figure, it's this guy that most of the other states, most of the other politicians looked at Cuomo and said, regardless of how we feel about you, you did a lot of shit right. You weathered the storm and you were a leader throughout this thing. Yeah. And to just have Trump was just, just moronic. It's not different than when Giuliani did it in the 90s. There's a Republican, you know. So exactly. it, and that was the right. Not, yeah. And at the time, Giuliani throwing out the first pitch after 9-11 was perfect. That was, that was the man right. to do it. That was the, and George Bush did it too. Those were the yeah. right people to do it. My and problem is, it, it, just, it, it was tone deaf. You can't have it both ways if you're the Yankees. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think there is a, a mix-up of, of logic and rationale there. But um, anyway, Rob, nice clip. Uh, why don't we go into a game update here? It's been a little bit. Rob, how are we doing? Um, so far, uh, at the middle of the fifth, uh, Blue Jays are up 4-1 to against the, Nests, the Nationals. Uh, A's and Tampa are tied in the um, top of the fourth. Still no score between the Brewers and the, and the uh, Pirates. Uh, bottom of the second, Kansas City is up against Detroit, one nothing. Uh, Houston and Seattle are, are still in the second inning, no score. Uh, Mets in Boston, they're under underway right now. Um, there's a delay uh, going on with the Cubs and the and the Reds, and uh, we got a couple of final scores again. A's um, and um, beat the um, beat the Angels three nothing. Uh, final uh, with the Padres uh, against the Diamondbacks, 6-2. to two. And, of course, uh, there was two games that were postponed due to COVID, uh, the Marlins and uh, Orioles. And also there was a – um, and Yankees and Phillies, by the way. And also there was another game that was postponed. Don't know why. It was the White Sox and the um, Indians. That I, think it was, I think it was rain. Um, Weather-related, yeah. Yeah. Bush, no, if you want to confirm that, I know you're a big White Sox guy, and I know you're watching. Um, but I'm pretty sure that game was canceled due to rain. Probably why the Cubs are in a delay, if I had to guess. I don't know. I don't know where they're located. But thank you, Rob. Um, we so yeah. Uh, being brought up in the comments, the cardboard fans. Uh, I'm not a cardboard fan guy. I, I don't. This isn't like a huge topic to me. I don't really care if any teams do it or not. But I personally like when they don't. 
<laughs> How do you feel I, about that? I like I like them. I think it's a so again, we have to be realistic. We always talk about them not catering and marketing to the younger fans. And I think a cardboard cutout can do that. You can uh you know, you can buy them. Some teams sell them. So, you know, imagine buying a nephew or your son a gift and you get them a cardboard cutout that's going to be in the stands for the whole season. It, it's pretty cool. I, I like it. It does. There's no harm. There's no foul. KBO, you know, kind of started it with the cutout fans and then the stuffed animals and all the things. Um, I like it. I, I kind of like it. By the way, did you hear Michelle Carter had said this in Baseball Life earlier this week? She's a big Dodgers fan. Dodgers were, char- Dodgers were charging $250 per cutout. Stop. That's unbelievable. I don't know for sure if it's true, but I did see some other Dodgers fans kind of verifying it. So I assume it is $250. Put that in perspective. I think the Braves are charging 60 and the Mets, I know, because I happen to be watching when they announced it, were charging 86, which I assume is a play on their last World Series title. I think Oakland is charging 80, but Oakland takes it a step further and they get it right. If a ball hits your cardboard cutout, they mail it to you. That's cool. See, that I'd be okay with because then you're talking like it's uh, it's MVP 2004. It's a fan experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You make it like a video game. You have like little objectives to hit in the stands. That's kind of cool. If fans benefit from it. You get your money back or whatever the case. Maybe you get the ball. That's cool. You're going to have a lot of foul balls that you can do stuff with once it's been desanitized. So that I'm fine with. But if yeah, as I, far would, as just like, I would pay a premium for that. Yeah, I don't. I just don't need the visual appeal of it. Like, I, I'm okay with no fans. I'm okay. Like, I'm over it. it. It's not a big deal to me. Yankees aren't doing it, which is fine. Um, I do, though. What I love is the crowd noise. That really makes a big difference for me. You and like it? I love. I love. Yeah. Well, I love the natural sound. Like, I like hearing the crack of the bat. I like you know seeing the ball land and and whatnot. All that's fine. But I love the artificial crowd noise. I think it really adds a great element. I can't get behind that one. I'm a big. I want to see how the Yankees do it. I'm going to guess they'll do it obnoxiously, which I'll oh, like cool. even more. They'll probably do the roll call. That would be cool if they did that. That would be cool. Yeah, they'll take it call. to an extra extra step for sure. So yeah, Man- Manuel Hernandez correcting me. I think he said it. Michelle maybe verified it. I was like lucidly looking at that conversation. Two ninety nine per cardboard cutout if you're the Dodgers. That's a lot. Uh, Leon points out the MVP of those cardboard cutouts, by the way, was Chipper Jones trolling the Mets. That was wonderful. Yeah, and I the Astros in the trash can. Both of those were great. Yeah, or- great. Orbit in the trash can with the asterisks in the end. That was, a, that was great. Yeah, Th- that was good stuff. Matt confirms the, the White Sox not only were in a rain delay, but that game is now rained out. Doubleheader tomorrow. So we will see that. Uh, and I think we're up to date. So, Rob, let's go into that next uh, next segment here. This is what Dong City is all about, man, and, and that is Dongs. So we're finally going to show them. Everyone, get your eyes ready. We've got some big Dongs to show you here. And this is we're going to start with the one that kind of set the set the tone for the entire season. Henry's MVP pick, John Carlos Stanton. Let's watch this one. So we got Stanton, his horrible stance, horrible mustache, uh, and then he just, I mean, destroys the baseball. Disgusting. Look where it lands, dude. That that ball just missed clearing every seat by about three rows. That's three. That is three rows from leaving the bleachers in Washington and heading onto the concourse by the time it lands. Uh, now, again, that's something I love about not having fans. We saw it land, but then we saw how far it bounced with the velocity that was left. 
and it was a lot of velocity, 121 miles per hour exit velocity worth. That was fantastic. So that is, Henry, I think you were saying, again, the MLB average, you could see 103.5. His was 18 miles per hour harder than that. And I think, Henry, it was the fat, it was the hardest hit ball in two years. Uh, yes. The hardest hit ball last year was 118.9. That clocked in at 121.3. 121.3 is, is traumatizing <laughs> if that thing is coming it, near you. It was just disgusting. It was, he looks great. His swing looks great. You know, he struck out a couple times this weekend, some of them on some disgusting breaking balls, but he looked great, and I feel good about my prediction early on. He physically looks how he should, and what I mean by that is he doesn't look like a bodybuilder, and he also doesn't look like he's hurt. And those are the only things I care about with Stan, is I want you to look in shape. He's a big, you know, he's a, he's a big gym guy. Um, but I want you to look healthy and nimble too. And Stan looks like that early. So does judge. Um, so that's encouraging for the Yankees. That was our longest home run of the weekend. And so far this season, let's I'm get gonna to that. say that stays the longest home run of the season. It's going to be tough to top I, I, guys like Nomar Mazzara. I feel like hit a 500 foot home run every year. Mazzara and Gallo, probably the two guys, or yeah. you know what? Luis Robert might, might come close. Yeah. Those are the three guys I can see. Yeah, so, someone will ch- – Stan might, might top it. You never know. Um, but he off the Nationals. Three, that was off, owned, that was off owned, Scherzer, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, so – He owns three there. of the top five StatCast records. The other two belong to Aaron Judge. Yeah, those guys uh, can mash. StatCast has only been around since 2015, but it is what it is. Yeah, we're getting questions about Stanton uh, as far as moving his, his position to first. I think – so the question is from Leon, would you consider putting Stanton at first? Right now he's a DH. I don't see him playing the field at all this year, especially because the Yankees have like eight outfielders, um, some of which aren't even on the roster because they have a lot of depth there. Yeah. I personally, if I'm going to lock up Aaron Judge and his contract is up after 2021, I'm leaving first base for him. Luke Voigt is not my first baseman of the future. I don't even like him as my first baseman of the present. Uh, but I am leaving first base either for Andujar or Judge before Stanton. I'm okay with Stanton being a DH for the rest of his career at that price point and with the production he can give and the injury-prone uh, aspect that he's known for. Do you agree with that? Um, I, I just I don't like the idea of just throw anybody at first base. I think it's a little disrespectful to the position. Yeah, um, that's fair. You know, I, I did play first base myself, but, you know, it, it takes a lot. And there's a lot of flexibility and stuff that you need at first base. And, you know, does he pull? He, he's full of muscle. Does he pull a muscle trying to stretch for a ball? You know, they're trying to do something. Um, I, like, I like him in right field. He's a very good right fielder. It just so happens we have a right field that's a great right fielder. Right. Um, I'm okay letting him rotate in the outfield in DH. I personally would like to see Andujar, who was a below average defender at third base. I think he can become an average to an above average first baseman. He, yeah. His issue wasn't glove. He could get – his issue was range and throwing. Yeah. So Footwork. that's Andujar's issue. He, his glove, he could pick him. Andujar would pick some of the nastiest balls, but he couldn't throw the ball. So I, I would like to see Andujar first. He's got a great arm too. Yeah. Um, so, it's yeah, left accurate. fielder – you're right. Left fielder first, fine. We'll see how he goes with left field. He has been playing that. Um, yeah, I mean, my point, Judge is definitely more athletic for first – um, than Stanton in my mind, even though they're both very physically fit. I think Judge is a better baseball fit 
physically for first. So we'll see if either one happens. Rob, why don't you give us our next Don clip? Uh, before I do that, uh, just one one quick uh, scoring update. Detroit just went up four to one against the the Royals on top, the bottom of the second. Nice. Battle of the scrubs. All right, let's let's get that second clip. Okay. And. So here we go. This one, you know, we showed you the biggest home run of the weekend. Now we're going to show you probably the most meaningful. Yep. Um, is over two, grounded to third his last time. No score here in the bottom. Here's Cespedes, who, by the way. Cespedes hammers one deep to left. Down the line. If it stays okay. fair, it's gone. Until it's gone moment. on a home run. Yoenis Cespedes has welcomed back baseball and himself by rocking a home run deep into the seats down the left field line. Great call by the Mets, as usual. Um, Cespedes, when it, when they when he played the Yankees, he looked like he was elderly, <laughs> and now he's yeah. and then he hits he hits that bomb. I mean, that was that was not a cheap shot either, but huge. I mean, that's a that's a great moment for baseball. It's a great moment for the Mets. Uh, he has that weird stat where like he's homered in three straight games, but they're spread over like three or four years. Three or four seasons, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so that's a cool stat. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, if Cespedes can be that as a DH. It proves two points. One is that it gives the Mets a big middle-of-the-order hitter, but two is that it shows you the value of a DH, uh, even for NL teams. And that was the only run of that game. It is here to stay, baby. Yeah. And Cespedes is one of those guys I wouldn't mind seeing his career extended with the DH because Cespedes is one of those fun players. There's guys that are just fun to watch. They have a flair about them. The yellow armband, he's fun to watch, man. And when he's hitting, Mets fans are having fun. Mets are having fun. He's just one of those guys that just brings a good energy to the ballpark. And I would like to see his career extended by having a DH. Yeah, I agree. Big fan of, uh, of that home run, that moment. Of course, like I said, Mets won that game, won nothing. That was the only run of the game. Only uh, and then weren't heard from again. So, Rob, why don't you go to our third and final home run here? Pay attention, okay. Maddie. I hope you're still watching, Maddie, because you're going to like this one. Um, if we had the longest home run and the most meaningful team home run, and I know Olsen hit a grand slam, but that, you know, that's one win in the grand scheme of things. This is probably several wins if Cespedes stays healthy for the Mets. Now we've got the most meaningful personal home run. It's a couple of doubles. Home run. Three driven in. Luis Robert to center field way back there and carries and gets out of here. Find that baseball and hand it to number 88. Bring him home for the first time as a White Sox player. All you had to do is get it up in the air and it's gone. He got it up in the air and it kept on drifting. And the park That's such a classic the color guy comment. Luis Robert. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, thank you for the, was that, uh, did we have video there, Rob, or was that just audio? No, uh, that's crazy. Cause I had the video here. It's, it's, it's oh, all right. No worries. We got, we got the audio. Luis Robert, um, Luis, Luis Robert, hey, Luis, Robert. Luis Robert, man. I'm just going based on the White Sox <laughs> announcers. Uh, Luis Robert already, already shit in the bed way. He's not giving us all video. <laughs> I, here it is for those of you who wanted to see it visually in a whopping 10 run game. Carries and gets out of here. It's a wall scraper. And they're, wearing, they're wearing those kick ass uniforms. I love those uniforms. Yeah, a uh, 419 feet. That is a big ballpark then. 11.4. Um, yeah, 111. That was a, a soft home run compared to Stanton. But no, I, in all seriousness, 
that uh, nice nice spot for him and his first probably of many that's you thought Vlad Jr. was a big phenom. I think Robert's right up there as far as uh, what people have expectations for him, and it's just a year later, so he's the. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get you to here. call him Robert before the before the season. <laughs> I need a phonetic note card. That's the only way I used to be able to do it. You got to roll your R's. I'll hold it up, and you know. <laughs> yeah, Robert. There you go. Uh, see. Yeah. See, I'm capable. I'm just also white. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. Those are the big three. You're so, Ita- you know, Dude, you're Italian. You're closer to, to you know, being Hispanic than anyone else. Yeah. I wasn't allergic to the sun. I'd look a lot closer to you. Yeah. Um, so those are our big three home runs this week. It was Stanton Cespedes and Robert. And uh, we had our big five plays. Now let's get into our final segment here of the present. And what I, I mean it. by that, I love our, it. our favorite segment, I hope that Renee is still watching because this is a celebration here on Dong City, and that is to celebrate the incompetence of Aaron Boone. So we're introducing a, a segment. Henry, you want to introduce the name of this segment since you so came up with it? We, we went back and forth with the name, and it just kind of popped up out of nowhere. And, you know, usually when a, numpa, a manager, pardon me, when a manager makes a bad play or, or a call, it's a boneheaded play. Yankee fans for two years now have seen a lot of boneheaded plays from Aaron Boone. So what's more apropos than we're going to call it Boone-headed. So we're going to have a, have a segment called Boone-headed decisions and we'll pick and choose and we'll ask that you guys help us choose Boone-headed decisions of the week. So send us clips, tag us, send us a message, whatever you can. Your manager pulled uh, Aaron Boone. Let us know. Yeah, so all of these segments we've rolled out this week, we're going to do this the rest of the year, um, at least as far as the top five plays, the distinguished dongs, the boonheaded decisions. We're going to do that. So what we ask of you, everyone who's watching, all during the week, just tag us. You know, someone hits a meaningful, and please don't tag us on, like, the third home run of a game by some veteran in, like, a 19-3 to game. Like, I don't care about that. Actual meaningful home runs, whether they were huge, huge home runs or whether they won games, whatever the case may be, feel free to tag me, Henry, or Rob, any of the three of us. Um, we'll keep it in mind. We might display it on Donk City the following week. Same goes for spectacular plays. Has to be spectacular. We're probably watching as well. Uh, and then, of course, anytime your manager does something that is infuriating to you, please let us know. Let us Give know. us the context most importantly. So the context of the Boone-headed decision, of course, has to belong to Aaron Boone this week because it is his segment, but now it's going to be every manager's segment. And that is, he wasted no time. Opening day, he bats Brett Gardner fifth. Why does he Brett bet? Why does he bat Brett Gardner fifth? I have no idea, except that he's a lefty. It's the only thing I could think of. But Aaron Hicks also bats lefties against righties because he's a switch hitter. Aaron Hicks is hitting leadoff because DJ LeMayhew's out of the lineup. So we have Gardner fifth, but a few things to keep in mind. One is Brett Gardner's 37 years old. His offensive skills are diminishing, and he was facing Max Scherzer, who's not just any ordinary righty. Uh, Gardner, by the way, is 0 for 8 with a walk to date. <laughs> so it didn't work then, and it hasn't worked since. Um, and he had Mike Talkman on the bench, and uh, uh, and Duhar also on the bench. Right. Frazier was on the roster at the that time. That was the move was on the to bench. me. That's the move to me and Duhar. 
Yeah, so he's got any – those three guys, any of them have better luck hitting Max Scherzer than Brett Gardner at this juncture of his career. And also, to top it off, Luke Voigt and Gary Sanchez batted sixth and seventh. So he actually put Gardner in front of those two hitters, which made no sense whatsoever. So that is our first Boone-headed decision of the week. It belongs to Aaron Boone. Renee, if you were watching, that is just a taste as far as why Henry and I do not – care for the decisions of Aaron Boone because he does things like bats 37 year old which should be fourth outfielders fifth on opening day against Cy Young candidate pitchers that's a very nice way of putting it by the way thank you so that is uh <laughs> those are our new segments all we've got left at this point a uh, nice tidy show here is to get into what's coming up this week so the other thing we're going to do kind of at the end of every single show is choose one game that each of us is looking forward to that you should tune into for the following week. I will start it off. I know that both of you have games for me that are going to be a total surprise. We haven't discussed it. Um, I'm going to go with July 31st. That's four days from now. So that's this Friday. Yankees Red Sox. Now that might not have as much excitement as past years because the Red Sox aren't very good and there are no fans, but it is the return of Masahiro Tanaka. Um, speaking of Giancarlo exit velocity, Stanton had taken him out in a, in a warm-up, um, and he's been out ever since. He just was recently was rehabbing. Now he'll return to the mound. Big gain for the Yankees. They get their rotation back, and they still have Jordan Montgomery to deal in as well. So um, Tanaka debuts Friday against the Red Sox. Should be a good game. Red Sox would be however bad they want. They always play the Yankees tough. Yep. So that should be a good series. If the Yankees resume against the Phillies, which we think they will tomorrow, um, they have Phillies and then the Red Sox, uh, and that kicks off that weekend. So that's my moment. Henry, why don't we go to you as far as your moment for this week? I'm looking forward to July 30th matchup of Cubs and Reds, You Darvish against Luis Castillo. I'm one of the few guys that are still high on You Darvish, especially how he ended the season last season. You guys know my love for Luis Castillo. I want to see that game. I am a big Luis Castillo fan. Uh, I picked him, I think, for Cy Young. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously the Reds are now my un un unheralded second favorite team. I, they, I, they're my NL team now, ever since seeing Luis Castillo get me free pizza. So I'm right there with you. I'll watch all of his starts if I can. Reds, by the way, looking every bit the part of that team that could win the Central after this past weekend. Good offense, open doing enough. And they yeah, one and two, though. Yeah, one and two, but I think it'll turn around. They've they've had some good performances. Yeah, definitely. But that's to me, that's the pitching matchup that I look forward to the most. So mm -hmm. I, I like games that have two good pitches because usually those games don't live up to the hype and there's a shitload of runs. Absolutely. Rob, are you yes. ready? Are you ready to tell us about your moment? Yes, I am, and I'm actually surprised nobody picked this series. I am looking forward to the uh, World Series rematch between the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers this week. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. A very I good one. saw it on the schedule, so that's a really I, good find. I yeah, did so. not. Look at Rob. Yeah, yeah series well, starts tomorrow. <laughs> series starts? Okay, nice. That should be good. Astros get to play a major league team for the first time, and the Dodgers should be nice and hungry at 2-2. Two and two or uh, Yeah, 2-2 two and two is what yep. they are now. After and Walker Bueller's, Walker Bueller's uh, starting. Yeah, what's the D? Is he really piggybacking? I don't or being know. Piggybacked? I, I, I don't know. Dodgers fans, I, Michelle, you just commented. I know you're watching, Manuel, if, if you have some knowledge on that. I had read, and I don't know if I'm confused, that Walker Bueller is uh, – he was supposed to have, like, May as his piggyback. 
So he was only going to pitch like half a game, and then May was going to come in. Uh, I don't know if it's to conserve innings or he has some sort of injury I don't know about, but I'm wondering. I mean, that's the Dodgers' ace in my mind. So if he's not going to pitch complete, yeah. you know, performances, I don't, I don't know who is. Yeah, I think that was scheduled to be uh, Verlander Kershaw, as Michelle points out, but Kershaw was scratched, and Verlander is hurt. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about that real quick before we we sign off here. Another controversy in baseball life has a lot of controversies ranging from, you know, kneeling to having too many political posts, even though it was basically four out of 100. Uh, And now we also had a controversy with the Justin Verlander injury. I'll just say this. Verlander right now diagnosed with like a forearm strain or whatever it is. That is code in the major league community. Yeah. Uh, you can call it forearm all you want, but I, if I'm not mistaken, Luis Severino, Chris Sale, and Noah Syndergaard all had diagnosis that was not like, hey, you need Tommy John. <laughs> and right. they, they got shut down. They got reevaluated. When they got reevaluated, they got like a second and third opinion because Tommy John's very serious. And then they got Tommy John. Yeah. So I would be shocked, and I told this to a few people, I would be shocked if Justin Furlander saw the field this season and I more lean, I would think it's a greater likelihood he doesn't pitch in 2021 than that he does pitch in 2020. That's how confident I am this is a very serious matter for him. It's very possible that you may have seen Justin Verlander throw his last pitch. Also, so this is the other thing that the Astros have going on. I, I made this in my very pleasant post about the Astros organization. Justin Verlander's contract's up after 2021. Um, so, and remember we're in July, we're not in April. So if Verlander does need Tommy John, he is definitely out this season and he is definitely out next season because by the time he recovers, it's the end of next season. And then his contract's up (laughs) and then he's 39 years old coming off Tommy John. Now, Tommy John is very easy in modern day to get over when you're young. You know, that, that statistic's gone way down as far as it ruining careers. But when you're 39 years old, and you need the velocity Verlander does to be effective, and you have like 3,000 innings on your arm or whatever Verlander's up to now, and you're a free agent, that's a problem. So you could be right, Henry. I I wouldn't rule it out. That might be it if it is uh, something like Tommy John. Yeah, I, I, like you said, his age, his contract, there's a lot of variables there. He doesn't have anything else to prove. Um, He's already a Hall of Famer. You know, he can stop playing today and he'll be a Hall of Famer. He's got his ring. Yeah, his ring. Yeah. Um, you know, his uh, his PED. I mean, sorry. Um, you know. <laughs> no, all, let's call it asterisk ring here. There you go. All, all yeah. jokes aside, Justin, Van, Justin Verlander is a Hall of Famer. Um, he's had an astounding career. He found a miracle fix in Houston to fix what looked like a tail-spinning career. But, you know, Tommy John at this age, I just – at some point, the competitor in him and, and his wife and his family, they have to say, what do you have to prove? What is coming back at 39 years old? If you have the surgery, if, if, he, if he needs it, what is coming back at 39-year-old? What, what does he have to prove? Yeah. It, it, I don't see it, – it's the possibility of him winning is slim. You, you come yeah. back, you're going to probably fail. Teams are going to expect you to fail. You're going to have a, a, a period of, of throwing the ball differently. It doesn't make sense. It's, I, I think if he has to get Tommy John, I think that's his career. By the way, I was almost dead on accurate. I threw a number out there. Matt said 2,988 innings. That is a 
hell of a career <laughs> as far as being able to throw that many innings at the major league level yeah. to think that you're going to throw many more uh, is really just being greedy. But, you know, if it stops here, he had a great career, very Clemens-esque to me. Um, there's definitely something interesting about leaving Detroit and revitalizing your career in your mid thirties. Uh, reminds me of when Clemens left Boston at a younger age and somehow became an ace again. We know what Clemens' story is. We don't know what Verlander's oh is. So, yeah. But let's we'll, just say it wouldn't surprise me if Verlander's story is similar to Clemens. It right. would not. We have point all the Ast Astro hate aside, I'm being very serious. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, uh, 226 wins, Matt points out. So he's not, he's not going to come near 250 if it's a serious injury. We'll see on the injury. Not a guarantee. Does not look good. I'd say there's a 90-10 chance – He's missing this season. <laughs> so Justin Verlander's probably. I'm looking at the. Yeah, he's. I I don't see anybody getting 250 wins again. Forget 300. I don't see 250 for anyone. It's nearly impossible now. Martolo I mean, Colon's at 247. Yeah, and I he's don't even know where the world he is right yeah. now. Verlander's second with 226. Zach Granke, he's 36 years old, has only 205 wins. John Lester, 36, has 190, and then it drops off from there. Yeah, I, you know, wins are just – they're going to have to find a different automatic metric yeah. for starters. I um, think CC is the last 250 winner, and I don't see – people forget about 270 – I mean, 300. I don't – we're never going to – we may never see another 250 winner. Yeah. I am, I'm okay if they change the rules surrounding a win, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah. So – yeah, Leon brought up maybe he comes back as a closer. I just I don't even I know about that, but now you're asking him to learn how to pitch again and learn a new role. Yeah, and I don't know if someone with that personality. I know like guys like Smoltz did it, uh, Schilling did it for a little bit. I don't know if guys like with that personality at that age, at that juncture of their career, would be willing to do that. Yeah. When for what team? <laughs> you know, a, a team that takes a fire on him, I'm guessing, is going to want him to start over being a closer. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see, but. I'm looking I'll at this career wins list, and I, I, the only person in their 20s that has a shot is, is Garrett Cole, and he doesn't even have 100 wins yet. He's just shy of 100. Yeah, well, you spend that time on the Pirates, it's going to be slow go of it. No, I can't okay, see. Well, hey, hey, Cole's in the market. Like, this is the other thing, too, is you've got to be in a market that isn't going to rebuild for three or four years. <laughs> They're going to do whatever they can to compete every year. So, really, you're looking at – and maybe half of the major league teams yeah. who you've got that shot. And then, and even like a team like the Yankees, how many games is, is someone, a manager like Boone with modern analytics going to take away from a starter? Too much. We saw it in the, uh, wins. I should in the say. national, we saw it in the nationals game. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Scherzer? No, it wasn't Scherzer. It was on Sunday night, Sunday game. Um, Patrick Corbin. Yes. Patrick Corbin was killing the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Striking us out left and right. I think it was the fifth inning, maybe the sixth. It was the seventh with no outs. Yeah. Glaber hits a home run. I think that was like the second hit of the game because Glaber had both hits at that point. Mm -hmm. Then they pull him. 75 yeah. pitches at that point. It was 75 pitches. That was, he, not only was he killing the Yankees, he was getting us out with like 10-pitch innings, 13-pitch innings, 12-pitch innings. Very low stress. I mean, he, there was no reason to take him out of the game, and it cost him a win. And we see a lot of that. 
I think it, it, Rob, it seems like you have the box score. I think he had six innings, eight strikeouts, one hit to that point, and then he gives up the home run to Torres. They take him out. Nationals bullpen does what Nationals bullpen does often when it mm-hmm. doesn't have Corbin in it, and they blow it and lose three two. So much, yep. mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a big fan of that aspect of modern day managers. I know that they answer to like some sort of analytics team on every roster that tells you the exact scenarios to do things. I if that's true, I don't agree with that either. If it's not true, then it's even worse. I think I think it's true, which is why Carlos Beltran isn't managing the team, and Aaron Boone is. Right. Um, yeah. And but look, I always this is my counterpoint. You're the manager of a baseball team. Part of your job is the PR aspect. You're gonna have to take the hit when your analytics team goes south. Uh, I haven't agreed with the Yankees' analytics approach for a lot of things. Basically everything. <laughs> uh, I like our coaches. I don't like things like the analytics department. And it's not because I'm not an analytics guy. I like analytics. Uh, I don't think they use them correctly. And I think time will prove me correct in the long run as these things change over time and evolve. We'll see. Yeah, so we will see. So as we go on, laughing at Felipe's comment, I'm just picturing Rob now as Tony Reale being the staff boy of Dong City. Absolutely. Um, the phantom of Dong City hidden in the background. Rob, why don't you give us one more game update, and then we'll get out of here. Sure. Um, right now, some, um, Mariners are up 3 nothing against the Astros. We have Blue Jays uh, still up on the, uh, the Nats 4-1. to um, There's a huge route uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays and, uh, and Atlanta. Um, Rays is up 9-1. Um, that's the top of the fifth. Ooh. Still no score between the Brewers and the, um, and the Pirates. Uh, that's the bottom of the second. We got a seesaw battle going on between the Tigers and the Royals. Uh, um, Tigers is up 5-4 right now. And uh, mid going to the bottom of the second, the uh, Mets are up 2-0 against the Boston Red Sox. I want to point out a few things about those right. updates. Uh, yeah, you, again, thank you, Rob. Did a great job. Rays just put up an eight spot on Atlanta in the fourth. And I have a feeling, yep, that was my fantasy starter. So Fultonavich. Not back yet. <laughs> Three and a third, six runs. If you're into fantasy, I'll give you some fantasy updates as part of the update. Um, Tampa up 9-1. They just put an eight spot on the board, ruined my week. And the Mets, Michael Conforto, first home run of the year off the Red Sox. I'm surprised it took this long to score two runs on the Red Sox. That game's in the top of the second. Uh, Mariners up 3 nothing on the Astros. It really doesn't mean anything. They seem to lead the Astros every single day, and then, like, the Astros score seven runs randomly. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, Hunter, Ren- Hunter Renfro in that A's in that uh, Tampa Bay game as uh, two hits and three RBI. That looks good for my fantasy team. Yeah, good for you. I'm happy for you. Since we're on the Rays, there is something I wanted to touch on. Okay. My man G Man Choi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, tell us about Choi. G Man Choi. My man, G-Man Choi, is nice and round, little thick on his eyes. My kind of dude, you know, Kung Fu Panda type player. I love me some G-Man Choi. Well, this dude spends the offseason learning how to switch hit, hitting righty. And I don't think anyone took him serious. And then, like, he was doing it when we had spring training 2.0. And at that point, I think people started to say, okay, well, there's not a lot of time. and There's not a lot of that bad. So maybe this dude is serious. So what does he do? Over the weekend, had two at-bats, batted righty against Anthony Kay. That was Anthony Kay came over in the Stroman trade from the Mets. First first, uh, at-bat, struck out. His second at-bat, hitting righty, 
launched a 429-foot home run. I loved it. Oh, Rob got the video, too. Let's Look go, at Rob. you redeeming yourself. Look there at you. you Look at that shit. I mean, that's, that's some swing for a guy who just picked it up in the game. Man, you have to be a true professional baseball player to do that. I mean, I know he's obviously been practicing on it, I'm sure, for years. And then from that angle, there's a little bit to work on. But, it, I mean, look at the exit. He, he launched it 430 feet I love from the it, opposite man. side. Well, I think it was 110 miles per hour off the bat. It was off Anthony K. It was a 90-mile-per-hour four-seam fastball. I loved it. Give me my big, chubby, little, round dude, man. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I wanted to get that in there. <laughs> James pointing out he, he circumvented the system a little bit. I guess he was originally a switch hitter and then went exclusively lefty. We've seen that before. But still. Yeah, I, I, I did hear he did switch hit before. But, again, he hadn't. He never had an at-bat switch hit in the, in the major leagues. Yeah, that's impressive. I, yeah. I, I am impressed by that. It's pretty and uh, I'm disappointed that it happened with the Rays, but I'm impressed by the moment. So, there we are. Uh, that should do it for us here on Dong City. No, Next that pick. should no. not. That should not do it. Henry refuses to end the show. Hell oh, yeah! <laughs> One yeah. more person to speak about. Vince, you want to get into that real quick? Vince, you want to get into that real quick? And uh, breaking news: He still hasn't got out the inning yet. <laughs> Modern day Babe Ruth with an infinite ERA for the Angels pitching staff, of which they acquired Dylan Bundy this offseason as the highlight. Uh, modern day Babe Ruth comes in and gives up six consecutive base runners and then is like, peace, I'm out. Like it was a news conference. He just left and cowered into some sort of shadow somewhere and, uh, and left the game entirely because he was pulled with zero outs. Yeah, yeah. So I love let's it. reserve the Babe Ruth comparisons for when we have a Hall of Fame caliber pitcher yeah. and also the greatest slugger of all time. Then we can talk about Otani being a modern day Babe Ruth. The best thing about it was Eddie in the comments earlier say he had one bad inning and Leon had the best response, which was technically it wasn't an inning because he never got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had one bad 0.0, .0 innings yeah. is that what he wonderful. had. That, that, that uh, I'm not going to lie that when I looked up and I saw that, I said, oof. That's going to be fun to talk about. So I didn't want to let us go without talking about that. Now we can end the show. By the way, who was that against? Anthony K. No, who, Otani. Oh. Who did the hitty face? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Oakland. Yeah. Oakland. You know the reason I bring that up? Because when he was a pitcher as a rookie, he basically ducked every single important lineup except the Red Sox that one game. Now he faces Oakland with a World Series contending lineup and gets murdered. Yeah, so we'll see how Otani progresses from here, but I'm with you. That was hilarious. In a weekend of fantasy nightmares, Rick Porcello got just utterly destroyed. James cool. Paxton didn't make it out of the second inning. Um, who am I the forgetting? Sunday, the Sunday Night Baseball cast. They, the team, they, that team just, no, 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 did not like it. Yeah, that was a mess. I heard Chipper was, was doing well dropping baseball knowledge for a while. But then it's it, not hard to do. It's not hard to get a Hall of Fame guy to talk baseball, but it's hard to get a Hall of Fame guy to translate that into watchable television. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big stickler for that. You know, when I watch announcers or color guys or whatever, I'm looking at it from a technical aspect because it's what I majored in. Uh, I didn't get to see Chipper Jones, so I won't comment on it. But 
that's the big thing for me. It's not necessarily about what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. Yeah. So anyway, Rob, you have one final update. Yes. Um, looks like uh, the Cubs and the Reds are about to start up. Um, they're warming up right now. All okay, right. So that rain delay is over. We're going to get out of here. We'll let you watch the rest of your baseball tonight. Uh, this has been Donk City. We're on next, next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Same as always. We'll be here. Same kind of format. Talk about last week. Give you updates throughout the show as far as coming up. We've got a few segments here. Be sure to tag us in the comments uh, as the week goes on throughout baseball life. If you want to make a post, that's cool too. And finally, we have tomorrow, the next podcast in the baseball life uh, or in the life group podcast is the Audible, which will be on 7 p.m. tomorrow in their new time slot. So they are Tuesdays, 7 p.m. We are Mondays, 7 p.m. So we're back to back days. Be sure to catch that. If you are a football fan, you're not in football life yet, please go apply. We will let you in more than likely. Uh, but yeah, football season starting up, you may have just not known there was a football life or not joined it yet because there wasn't a season. We highly suggest it. Randy, um, Randy Hammond and Matt Bushnell host that show. They do a really great job going in depth about That's football. Um, both played for a long time. They know what they're talking about. Fun show to watch. We encourage people to go into football life and bring friends into football life as it is America's most popular, but not best sport. So <laughs> here we are, but this has been Dong City. We most encourage you to come back next week, every Monday, bring your friends. Thank you for joining us tonight and have a great night. Dong City bitches. Later. <laughs>